Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One way we do that is by answering your questions right here on the podcast. We also have an option for you to get one-on-one free advice. We've been doing this for 30 years at our Team Clark Consumer Action Center. And you can reach one of our volunteers Monday through Friday. We serve you from 10 in the morning Eastern time zone till 4 in the afternoon Eastern time zone. The number 636-49-CLARK. And you can learn more also at clark.com slash CAC for Consumer Action Center. Today, I want to give you a heads up about the level of debt that so many of your fellow Americans are taking on right now on their credit cards. And also, we've been in a cycle of rapidly escalating home prices that has just come to a screeching halt. But even before the cycle of increases and now the halt in prices, the reality is home prices have been going up beyond the general rate of inflation in the economy for two reasons. And I'm going to talk about those and what a partial remedy is to higher prices that you could consider when you're looking for a home moving forward. Right now, though, I want to talk about two things about credit cards. First, a good one. About 18 months ago, I talked about a software that had been developed by the people at Credit Karma. Credit Karma, where you can monitor your credit standing for free and see an updated version of a credit score whenever you wanted to for free from two of the three major credit bureaus. Credit Karma gives you all this for free because they make their money on recommendations and commissions they get when you take up a personal loan or a credit card or buy any kind of product or service that they know they can recommend to you based on what they know deep dive about you with your credit. Well, something they started about a year and a half ago was where they told you before you would apply for credit and have a hard inquiry on your credit report, they could tell you, hey, your odds of approval for this card are excellent or very good or good or not good at all. 
so that you wouldn't take the hard hit against your credit and then be declined for a piece of credit. It's been so successful for them that now major issuers, one by one, are offering their own versions of this, either to people who are existing customers of one of the major credit card companies or as you're prospecting for a new card that you can do what's referred to as a soft poll or soft inquiry, and they'll say, yeah, your odds for approval for this are great, or have a nice day, (laughs) go get lost. However they say it, I'm sure it's nicer than that, because bank people can't write anything like that. Anyway, American Express is now offering a program like this before you submit an application, because they don't want to waste their time, they don't want to waste your time, they don't want to have to pay for pulling your credit and pay for a hard inquiry and you don't want to pay for a hard inquiry with a lower credit score for something that you're not going to get and so this is going to become a great tool in your toolbox as you're trying to decide you know uh, this card really isn't doing much for me i'm looking for another one and instead of having those hard inquiries that stick with you for a while you'll be able to do the the soft inquiry, which does not affect your credit standing more and more. American Express, each of the companies doing their own branding on it. Uh, I saw this on American Express's website because I am an American Express cardholder. And this thing popped up with various cards and it says apply with confidence. And it tells you the odds that you'll be approved for this, that or the other. The credit card companies are trying so hard right now to get more credit in our wallets and trying to get us to use them more. And consumers are taking out more cards right now and using them more. In fact, the Federal Reserve just reported that household debt overall is rising at the fastest rate since 2007 which was just before the Great Recession. So please, just because they say, hey, look what we got for you. We're going to give you 900 million bonus points if you sign up for this. And then you're running out using that plastic because they said, hey, you're good for it. But is it good for you to carry massive amounts of debt? You know the answer to that. So please, even though... The banks are making it easier and easier for you to be approved for credit. Just because you can get it doesn't mean you should. Krista? Okay, I've got a related question from Ron in Texas. He says, I really appreciate your optimism and great outlook on life. Several other financial experts profess that people spend more when they use credit cards. My family uses plastic for the rewards and we pay the balances at the end of every month. We consider ourselves to be frugal even when using plastic, but often wonder if we really would spend less if we only used cash. What's your opinion? Do people spend more when they use credit cards? So it's not just credit cards. Using a debit card, any form of plastic or, you know, using um, GPay or uh, Apple Pay, Apple it's called pay. Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. Using either of those, there's one nobody in America uses called Samsung Pay. Anyway, any electronic method of buying, whether it's a plastic credit card, a plastic debit card, um, any phone-based app, 
people spend more. It's been clearly shown empirically that you do spend more any other method other than actual real cash. There's something about the finiteness. If I reach in my wallet and I see if I how much cash I have right now, I have a, <laughs> I don't have very much. I have a five, a five, so it's 10, 20, so I got 30, I got 40 bucks in my pocket. So if I'm out and about and all I got that I can spend is this 40 bucks, then you're much more careful about what you spend when you use cash. I find that if people have a debt problem and they're not saving enough money and all that, that going to cold hard cash works beautifully. On the other hand, if your finances are rock solid, Ron, you pay your balances in full every month and all that, you're saving money for your future, you got things well under control, then fine. Use plastic, get the rewards and do all that. But it is empirically true that even in a case where your finances are totally solid, that almost everyone, human nature, will spend less when you're buying everything with cold, hard cash. Some people do it for a month just to see. So it might be a good family experiment. But, but if their finances yeah, are yeah. fine. If he's curious, but yeah. yeah, no. Tim in California says, I was just reviewing some information on the credit cards and the information on charging and wanted to ask what's the best card if you pay your balance on time and avoid all interest charges. I'm also just noticing that the Target red card 5% savings is good, but only if you pay it off on or before the due date because the 5% savings you receive is walloped and negated if you cannot pay the balance in full. Okay, so there's an easy way with the Target thing. They have a red card that ties uh, as a debit card directly into your checking account. Then you don't have to worry about a balance. You do have the debit card risk with it because you don't have the same protections on a debit card as a credit card. But then they just, uh, you present that red card, you pop in a secret code, a PIN code, and then it debits from your checking account, but you get the 5% off on everything. There's no fee on that card and it's one less credit card you have to keep track of but the target card is a straight out good deal and for most people simple cash back cards are best you don't have to worry with hotel points or airline points that suddenly the hotel or airline says huh that hotel stay used to be 10,000 points but jokes on you now it's 80,000 points or whatever i mean it's crazy with the airlines and the hotels how they repeatedly devalue the points and then you may have trouble actually redeeming those points and that's why cash is king for most people generally uh, if you go with a, a credit card that's cash go for a simple 2% cash back card we have a list at Clark.com of those. There are many lists out there of the cash back cards. They top out about 2.5. The other thing is with an airline card or a hotel card, anything like that, you have to be a very frequent traveler because those cards almost always will have significant annual fees and you need to have high charge volume and high volume of travel at least 10 trips a year to make those cards worth having from jamie in connecticut what capital one credit card does clark use that he mentioned when talking about the trip interruption or cancellation insurance and it pays two percent in points okay so it's the one that most reviewers rate as the best 
travel credit card to have in America today until they uh, raise the annual fee or reduce the benefits. It's the Capital One Venture X rewards card has a shockingly high annual fee that you're not going to believe I pay. It's $395 a year, but they give me back all of that in travel credits plus a bunch of benefits. Now, they just degraded some of the airport-based benefits where you used to be able to get meals for free at certain restaurants, used to be able to get short massages for free and stuff like that. They just pulled those benefits because they were costing them too much money. But we've got a review of that card in particular at Clark.com sharing what the value is and the value of not having to buy trip cancellation, trip interruption insurance is really great. I love the multi-airline kind of cards like the Chase Sapphire line of cards, the Capital One Venture X card, because more and more the airline reward cards have been devalued so much and have such high annual fees that their value has been negated. Plus, you end up feeling like, oh, I got to fly that airline. And then you're paying too much for your airfare because you become dedicated to one particular airline where being a free agent ends up getting you better deals than you would get otherwise. Is that enough about the airlines? I love travel, don't I? I I think a lot of people love travel. Talking about that, I can't stop talking about it. Okay, when talking about the biggest purchase that we make in our lives, our homes, and how we're going to negotiate and navigate this era of higher prices, higher interest rates. It's been just a crazy time to own a house in the United States, to buy a house in the United States. You know, we hit a real low point by 2012 after we went through the frenzy of the housing bubble that came crashing down 07, 08, bottomed out 2012. And then over the last decade, we went the other way. Prices went up, 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 up till this year where home prices now have leveled off. Some markets have gone down one or 2%. And for buyers, wow, you got a home that costs a whole lot more and you've got much higher interest rates right now. This is a really, really tough time to be a seller and a brutally hard time to be a buyer. And as a buyer, the one benefit now is sellers will offer you most anywhere in the country all kinds of incentives to buy their home. They'll uh, potentially buy down the interest rate for you. So they dial the clock back on interest rates. And what they do, uh, I don't want to get too much in the weeds with this, but a seller can pay money to the lender that you're using that reduces the interest rate you pay either for a number of years or for the life of the loan. And today's mortgage rates already have come down from where they were a few months ago. And inflation is coming down. But once inflation is really under control, mortgage rates will come further down. They're not going to go back to where they were with the Federal Reserve's extreme manipulation of rates that started after the banking scandals and the Great Recession where rates were held down artificially low for so long. That's why savers couldn't earn any money on savings. 
but rates will get better. So the advantage today to being a buyer is that you've got negotiating power that you didn't have for years with a seller. And anybody who's in a position, they got to sell because they must relocate to another part of the country. Sadly, someone passed away, divorce, any of a number of circumstances where somebody has to sell. You may be in a time that the market's really difficult, be able to make a deal work for you because now the sellers need you where for years they didn't. You'd have to waive inspections and blah, 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 and all that. That era is over, over. But homes are much less affordable today because the underlying land a house sits on has become more expensive due to population growth in the United States. But that's not the main reason. Main reason is the extreme urbanization of the United States. We used to not be so centered around several dozen metro areas in the United States. And if you look at the landmass of the United States, most of it is wide open with very few people living on it. And then we have these few dozen metro areas which have massive population and the land has become very expensive. But then there's another factor I've not talked about in several years, and I wanted to address it. Do you know in three generations, the United States has gone from an average home size of 900 and something square feet to an average home size in the United States of 2,500 square feet in three generations. In addition, the average number of people under the roof of a home has fallen to less than half what it was three generations ago. So what we want in a home has changed so drastically and more square footage means more for you to repair, more for you to maintain, more utilities for you to pay for. If you talk to people who have, let's say it's two or three people under a roof, maybe even one person under a roof, you talk to them, how much of your home do you actually use? It's crazy how small of the footprint of a home most people use. So the reality is one answer to the affordability problems we're having in the United States with housing is for us to go back a little bit in time into smaller dwellings than we're in on average today. Remember, 2,500 feet versus 900 and something feet just three generations ago? That is a blink in human history. And I know we used to live in a very large house, way larger than we needed. And so much of that space, we were heating and cooling and maintaining and not using. Now we're in a much smaller square footage. We utilize a much higher percentage of the dwelling and our overhead with the property much, much lower. And so it worked for us. It might work for you looking for a place. Now, Krista, you live in a a pretty significantly sized property. Mm -hmm. Are you using all the rooms in your house routinely or what do you not use Um, in your house? I would say we use, we have a guest bedroom and then my daughter's bedroom is empty while she's at college. But our son being at home, we do use most of the house um, frequently. But when he goes off to school, it'll be much less because he uses the basement all the time and 
works out and everything. So. And I don't remember. Do you have a formal dining room in your house? We do. Have we you do. ever been in the formal yeah, dining room? Yeah, we use a lot actually. Really? We do. Yeah. Okay, because that's the one room that so many people have that's complete. If there's a house that was built in the 70s or 80s, it'll have a formal dining room and it'll have a formal living room. Mm-hmm. And in most houses. Those rooms might be museum pieces oh. because nobody's ever been in them. The you, living room is an office. We made that an office when we moved in. So we use that all the time too. But yeah, we like eating in our dining room. So you're completely blowing holes in my no, whole no. conversation here. That's okay. All right. Let's go to some questions. Rachel in Georgia says, where can I get a good deal on a golf cart for personal use? Do you anticipate prices to decline in line with the current car market? And do you recommend buying new or used? So golf carts don't follow the car market. One of the things I'll tell you, if you buy a new golf cart, you can buy golf carts now that run on the traditional batteries that golf carts had, or you can pay more and buy a golf cart. I'm actually encouraging you to pay more. Buy a golf cart that runs on the kind of batteries going into electric vehicles. The batteries are much more reliable. They have much more longevity to them. Because the big expense in a golf cart is the battery pack itself. So if you buy used, you need to have the used golf cart checked out to see if the batteries seem to be in good condition, have good life to them. In Georgia, is any climate that has a significant climate change between winter and summer, you are in the time of year that historically is the cheapest to buy a golf cart because people who are trying to sell a golf cart in winter are not going to get top dollar for it. People who in a climate in the southeast United States, north of Florida, and this would certainly be true elsewhere in the country where winter is even more significant than it is in the southeast U.S. where you live, people who buy a golf cart in the spring pay top dollar for one. So you are in the sweet spot of the market and shopping around for one is great. There are companies that specialize in reconditioning and selling used carts. But if you buy one of those, you need, you're going to pay more than you would just buying a used one from an individual. You want to make sure that it comes with a meaningful warranty on the batteries in that cart. Because again, the cart doesn't matter. The batteries do. Laura in Florida says, we received an offer in the mail from Ipsos, I think I'm saying that right, ScreenWise panel, a consumer research study for Google. They will offer us $100 to install the router, $50 for connecting devices, and each qualifying member of our household will earn $16 per month. And this is for me. I think you have to be 13 and up in the household to earn the money. It says they will be gathering information on internet usage and websites visited. They claim to take privacy seriously and that all my information will be kept confidential. Do you think this is a good idea? And will my online banking and credit card information be secure? I don't want to put my family at risk for any identity fraud or other problems. And then there's a PS here I want to read real quick. Earlier this year, I used Clark's strategy of posting an online review about a gym membership billing company. They wouldn't let me out of a membership, even though I had medical documentation. After the review was posted, they contacted me immediately, and I saved over $700. Thank you, Clark. Wow. Well, I'm so glad you got the 700 Here you have another money-making opportunity. And... This kind of thing, allowing somebody to review everything you're doing all the time is tempting. 
because you get 16 bucks a month for every household member. But I am uncomfortable with sharing that level of personal information. And I'm not a privacy freak, but it's more than I am excited about you giving direct access to your data. And do you have a different opinion on that? Because you feel like none of us have any privacy. Well, no, I mean, that's a tough one. Now, I do think a lot of it's out of the box, but I don't necessarily want somebody just like watching everything everyone in the household does on the web. So yeah, not that I think anything bad's going on, but it's just like she said, like, you know, some privacy issues, if it were to get out and you're doing banking. That's the hard part is it's not so much what the organization may be up to at Ipsos. It's what happens if there's a breach that the direct gateway you provided to a criminal into your life makes me nervous. And maybe I'm being unfairly too cautious here. Mike in California says, hi, Clark, I'm recently married. My wife and I have had two shared accounts for our monthly expenses and savings, but we also want to ensure we both have access to other accounts like our utility, mortgage, retirement, and other investment accounts, etc. I've discovered how hard it is to ensure we both have access to everything now that two-factor authentication is such a big deal. I keep a shared note that we both have access to, but that doesn't seem very secure, not to mention easy to get out of sync if a company and account requires a password password change. Do you have any tips for co-managing accounts or do you know of any services that allow a family to share a phone number like the good old landline days? I had this happen in my own life earlier today with my daughter being locked out of one of our household accounts and needing a code. I wasn't able to respond in time because the code was only good for 15 minutes and on like that. This is a problem with every couple, every family, with two-factor authentication and the truth is this is just a temporary patch for a glaring problem right now with the internet that companies have not been able to protect our information our privacy our data and temporarily they're doing this two-factor thing till we move beyond passwords so you're doing the best you can And what you're doing with the shared file, I think, makes sense. Yes, you have to maintain it properly anytime a password changes. But I think it is the right strategy for you to use. Think about any time like with shoplifting. You know, all the things a store does to try to prevent shoplifting. It is an inconvenience for the 97 or so percent of people that are honest, decent, not trying to steal. This kind of stuff is the same thing. You're having inconvenience brought into your and your wife's life because of the fear of what hackers may do, what people may do trying to steal money, steal information, whatever. It's just a hassle factor that is part of modern life. One thing I do do is that certain accounts will allow me to have two phone numbers on the account. And then when I go to do the authentication, I tell it which number to text And so if you can do that, add a second number. That is a great suggestion, which is why you're the great Krista. (laughs) Maybe some listeners will have some more suggestions. Maybe there is some kind of service you can do. Uh, That's great. And thank you for mentioning that. Please let us know if you have a better strategy than Krista's answer or mine. And hers was obviously better than mine. So I want to tell you there's something you can do 
if you truly believe that it's better to give than receive. We are in the midst of our 32nd year of Clark's Christmas Kids, where we accept your donations for children in foster care. Whatever amount of money, if your year has been one where you can afford to share some of your hard-earned money with us for these children in foster care, I hope that you can find it in your heart and your wallet to do this. Remember, children in foster care are there because adults let them down. Let's be an adult who lets a kid know somebody cares about them absolutely as a stranger who doesn't know them, will never meet them, but makes a difference that can make an impression for a child that's so key and so important when they feel let down and don't know if they can trust any adult to deliver for them. All you do is go to ClarksChristmasKids.com. You can read about the history of our 32-year effort and see how you can help right then and there. And have a great day.